auto workers for three of the largest companies go on strike, plus why we might see another shortage of Clorox wipes. And a new survey shows whether holiday shoppers are still feeling the strain of inflation. Your market moment starts now. Hey everybody, this is Matt Walters here with Eli Freeman, Lee Mackey, Ben. What's up? We're coming off two losses, Oklahoma State, <laughs> Arkansas. Rough weekend. Rough weekend for college sports. Me and Lee were at the game and shouldn't have been. It was fun. It was a fun game. Huge crowd, great crowd, but very unfortunate loss this early in the season. Yeah. Now we go to LSU. Yeah. And play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then A&M, and like, then Ole Miss, yeah. and Alabama. That's one of those games we gotta. you just have to win. But yeah. The only highlight from the last couple of weeks is that now we can start eating hot dogs with chili and the weather's cooling down. It's starting to actually feel hey, Eli like mentioned the weather season. this time, just for the record. He always <laughs> gives me crap for bringing yeah. up the weather every week. So, But I agree, it's definitely cooling off. So it's chilly. Yeah. I think, That's a good I think, point, Matt. I think half of our office has the, the sniffles yeah. this morning. Everybody's fighting allergies and colds. and but yep. Anyway, good, that time good sports year. weekend. Yeah, let's look at the markets last week. So uh, major indexes all down except for the Dow. S&P down 0.2, NASDAQ down 0.4, and the Dow is just slightly up 0.1%. Fed meeting this week. Majority of traders assume rates will hold this week, but there is much less agreement for November. So pretty much the consensus is, hey, not going to do anything this month. Um, that gives them another month or two of data that they're going to be able to you know, evaluate and then kind of see what happens in November. Any thoughts on last week's market numbers and the Fed meeting? No. You know, I mean, yeah, yesterday was as bad of a mundane day in the market <clears throat> as I've seen. I mean, all three indices were green, mm -hmm. but like two points, six points. So yeah, everybody's waiting for the Fed's comments on Wednesday. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, again, as I've said before, I think they have the ammunition to, to raise it one mm -hmm. more time. <clears throat> the question is, do they do it? I, it wouldn't surprise me at this point for Chairman Powell and his team just to say, you know what, one more and we're done. Just, you know, I think that that would... As much as the markets don't want another one, I think if he came out and said, we're raising it 25 bips in November, but this is it, I think the markets mm -hmm. rally from there. But um, I was listening to an analyst who, who used the word leaking. Like the Fed has started to leak interest rate hikes instead of the really aggressive 75 basis points that they were doing. Now they're starting to kind of watch data and just make sure that everyone knows we're going to continue to leak interest rates going mm -hmm. just a little bit higher, a little bit higher, frankly, probably until something breaks, until they see something, a reason to pull it back down. You know, oil hit $90 a barrel mm -hmm. again last week. And so I think that, you know, inflation is, is, is creeping back into areas of the market that had not been over the spring. Um, so I don't know. I think that, you know, inflation is still here. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I, I don't I'm going to butcher this because I don't remember the exact article or quote, but it was a guy talking about the price of gas and how really when you look at like inflation adjusted prices, like because to your point, like it, I, I just filled up my truck the other day. It was over 100 bucks mm -hmm. like I was on empty. I was like, man, here we go again. Like it's high. 
and it feels really high, but he was making the case that like inflation adjusted, like if you just adjust for what gas was in 2000 and you apply, like like it's really not that high. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just such a manipulated market where mm-hmm. they can, you know, uh, increase or decrease supply in so many different ways and control pricing that we've gotten used to it not going up a lot in price really, you know, quickly and staying there. Um, so when it does, it kind of, it really stinks and it's noticeable. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but mm-hmm. other than maybe it's, maybe it's okay. Like I'm not saying it's good, but maybe we just need to get used to a little bit higher prices because we have seen inflation in other parts of the market. Mm-hmm. And so oil and gas is just kind of um, setting in a new floor maybe yeah. for what well, prices will be. You know, and I think that, you know, you take inflation in general, student loan repayments, you know, interest started this month, payments are due mm-hmm. in October, higher gas prices. And yeah, I mean, I mean that's what it feels like. Like that, yeah. that, that to me is still like one of the biggest deals that I think we'll look in like two months and spending is just like people are spending and I, savings is down and you all of a sudden st- have to start making three four hundred dollar payment. Like that's a good chunk of people's income, sure. mm-hmm. and I just don't know if I hope and pray that people are ready for that. But I, you know, I don't know if they are. We'll see. Yeah, you yeah. you were talking about gas prices, and after the last couple of years with milk, eggs, bread fluctuating at such rapid paces, maybe grocery stores should start doing what what gas stations do: put milk, eggs bread out on the side of the grocery store <laughs> with the price fluctuation. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the side topic here, but um, I think it was Chicago, you know, Walmart and another big grocer had shut their, uh, some stores. I think it was in Chicago and Chicago was talking about a, um, like a public grocer grocery store, huh. like ran by the city or the yeah, state. That'll, or, that'll go well. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, here's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my word. But that's the point they've gotten to, that yeah. retailers and grocery stores don't want to be in a certain market. And so they're trying to figure out, like, how can we make sure people in this area have access to groceries? How can we make the government deficit larger? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chicago has enough other enough worries to start trying to... Po- the, the, this, is, this is a, not to get too political, but... This is a good example of how policy does matter, mm-hmm. and it catches up with you eventually. Yeah, yeah. It you does. might get by, by with it for a while, but it will catch up. So, if anyone wants to see a cool example of a grocery store going into an area that's a food desert where there's no grocery stores, look up Oasis in Tulsa. It's a a friend of mine that that started a grocery store over in Tulsa, and the whole idea was grocery stores wouldn't go to a certain area. And he decided that he was going to go there oh, and, cool. and had huh. private backers. And yeah. It's not a big corporation because no corporation would go there. So Oasis in Tulsa. All right. Check it out. All right. So first topic, um, UAW, so the the union strike, um, president of the union, auto workers union, turned down a 21% pay hike offer from Stellantis. So this is a big deal. Um, UAW workers have been on strike since Friday, and they've I know they've put out threats this morning basically saying, hey, if a lot of headway is not made by Friday, like more people are yeah. going on strike. 
More than 12,000 currently on strike, halting production at three auto plants. UAW President Sean Fain says they want a 40% increase in pay, claiming that Stellantis CEO salary has gone up by that amount in the last four years. Fain had an, this exchange on CBS's Face the Nation when asked about Ford's claims on labor costs. These wage increases would add. Ford has said that your demands would more than double the labor costs, which are already significantly higher than the labor costs at Tesla, at Toyota, and other foreign-owned automakers who don't use union labor. So how do you make the case that these automakers need to keep investing uh, in more expensive union shops rather than move to these right-to-work states? First off, labor costs are about 5% of the cost of the vehicle. They could double our wages and not raise the price of of the vehicles and still make billions in profits. It's a choice. And the fact that they want to compare it to how, how pitiful Tesla pays their workers and other companies pay their workers, that's what this whole argument's about. Workers in this country got to decide if they want a better life for themselves instead of scraping to get by paycheck to paycheck while everybody else walks away with the loot. Economists believe the strike will ha not have a deep effect on supply chain unless it carries on for eight to 10 weeks. Economists also believe car buyers won't feel much of an impact unless they're looking for a particular model from one of the three automakers involved in this. So I, I think this is a big deal. You know, I'm all for people making as much money as they can. I've never been like pro-union across the board just from a, mm -hmm. you know, a sweeping statement saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm pro-union. Um, but I do think there is a good argument. There's an argument on both sides that I, I can I can see in the the argument from the company's perspective, which I think is very valid, is they need a ton of money to do what they're about what they're trying to do and what they're about to have to do with the electrical vehicle push mm -hmm. and the investments that they're having to make in plants and manufacturing and you know the design of all those vehicles. Like this is um, it was GM CEO. She was talking about how. It's like this is the biggest investment our industry is having to make in a century in terms of shift mm -hmm. in the overall model in the industry. And so I think there's absolutely some validity to that. Um, but I hope it doesn't get worse because mm -hmm. from a from the strikes perspective, because, you know, this this drags on for a while, then this could have a trickle down effect. <clears throat> I heard an opinion. This was a couple of weeks ago about automakers in what's pricing into the market for, for these auto companies. And basically the market is pricing in that these auto companies are going out of business. Yeah, it was on it was on the Compound of Friends and yeah. they were talking about how Ford, GM, Stellantis, everyone mm -hmm. except for Toyota and Tesla, mm -hmm. basically the market expected them to be out of business, out of business in, the next, in the future. Like yeah. 10 to 15 years. Like based on their PE ratios mm -hmm. and based on what the market valuation was giving them. So if you look at the price to earnings on Stellantis, it's 2.8. You look at it on GM and it's 4. Ford is a little bit better at 12. But you look at Tesla's, what is Tesla's? Oh, yeah, I don't know. 100 plus. 100, yeah. 100 plus. So the market is pricing in that these companies are going out of business. And then you add on top of that that now their employees are saying, we want more money. Well, in, in this morning, uh, you know, Joe Kernan on CNBC was interviewing the head of the teachers union mm. who has gone in to support the UAW. And he was making the comment that, you know, the way things are going, eventually the government will essentially be subsidizing 
these people's salaries, mm-hmm. you know, and do we think that is appropriate for the government in a roundabout way to essentially be subsidizing? And of course, you know, Joe doesn't think they are, and she really wouldn't answer. But, you know, the, these strikes happen every, I don't know, four or five, six years. Um, you know, it's part of our culture. Um, the, the, the interview there on CBS was interesting. And, you know, that's why you've seen some of these automakers move south, you know, out of these union states. pro-union states. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see if, if you see a little bit more of that migration south to Tennessee and Georgia and, you know, those, those kinds of states. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that, you know, nobody wants a full-blown strike across all three major automakers, but, um, you know, they've kind of drawn a line in the sand. Yeah, you know, and Friday. I, and again, it's it's all for making everybody making as much money as they can and what they should, and it's fair. But my thing, like another recent example, is all these renegotiated contracts for the airline industries, mm-hmm. right? And their arguments, like, well, these airlines have record profits. I mean, you know how volatile the airline industry is, and to use that as an argument, like, hey, y'all have had a record couple years, so we need to the growth you've seen in profits. We all need to see in labor costs. It's like. Well, what does that look like when the when demand drops off the cliff a year mm-hmm. from now? They were being bailed out exactly two and a half years mm-hmm. ago. And I, now I'm not saying I mean leadership should use funds in a better way, right? Maybe not do as many stock buybacks. Maybe hoard cash for the volatile times, right? Be an Apple where you just sit on cash. I mean mm-hmm. billions. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an there's that's there's a ton of validity to that that they should be better stewards with the cash that they have. But to say that hey, we've had a really good few years here and this is just sustainable moving forward. And so labor costs can go up 40% because profits have gone up 40% in the last two years. It's going to make things really tight when two years from now, the airlines industry is struggling. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, the reality is like they're going to be laying people off or they're going to and So that's, I think, the perspective some people maybe don't have is these times don't last forever. The last right. couple of years have been really good for cars, and airlines. Yeah. And so um, we'll see. We'll definitely be keeping track of the strikes and what's going on there. So another big news with cyber attacks, MGM and Clorox got hit hard. Clorox is reporting supply issues with its products due to a cyber attack identified last month. The company says the attack damaged portion damaged portions of its um, IT infrastructure causing wide-scale disruption. It's still in the process of making repairs. Clorox expects to ramp up to full production over time, whatever that means. And the announcement comes as MGM Resorts is dealing with operational issues after a cyber attack, uh, attack that took down phone lines and slot machines. I know several um, casinos got hit. I think, I forget who it was, but they just like paid the ransom like ahead of time. They're like, here's yeah. 30 million, just leave us alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is unfortunately a part of the world we live and I think these things will become less and less headlines and just more and more common. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, technology in terms of combating them and fighting against them gets better and better. But any thoughts on this? Yeah, we're going to see a lot more. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. It's happening so much more now that we're not hearing about mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the, it, just in our industry, right, the SEC is coming sure. out with a new cybersecurity kind of rule this fall, and it's rolling out. And so we're revamping and doing all kinds of things to, you know, protect ourselves and our clients and make sure everything's um, in good shape. And so it's just it's a reality of uh, as a business, 
it's something that it's a it's a place that you have to make investment and mm-hmm. protect yourself. You can't just ignore it because technology is a double edged sword. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I was on a plane coming back from Austin on uh, Friday, and there was an individual sitting next to me. He's from Central or Southwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He's in the oil industry, and he started talking about AI to me. And he he mentioned, and I haven't I haven't gone to look at this, but Joe Rogan did a podcast with Drake, so Drake the the performer bef- performer. And after that podcast, they use AI to simulate Joe Rogan and to simulate Drake. So then there was a 40-minute interview where AI Joe Rogan and AI Drake interviewed each other, and you couldn't tell the difference. difference. And if that is possible, can you imagine what's possible on cyber attacks? Yeah. For people impersonating or creating or um, verifying who they are and to make a change within a corporate – oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful out there for sure. Holiday shopping. So we're getting, it's kind of crazy. It's, what's it, middle of September? Um, getting close to the holiday season. Um, have you started your holiday shopping? Believe it or not, many Americans are already getting a head start for the holidays. Um, according to a new survey from Bankrate, half of those planning to shop for the holidays have already begun or will begin shopping by Halloween. 40% say they feel financially burdened, mm. but only 33% say that inflation will influence their spending compared to 40% last year. So 39% plan to do most of their shopping online. I think holiday shopping, if I were to guess, by the time we get there, part and do with the student loan stuff, I bet holiday shopping's down from last year, if I were just to guess or if I had to place a bet. Um, but... I would go. I would go opposite that. I okay. would say holiday shopping grows from last year, and the statistic that we should watch is credit card credit debt. card debt. Oh, yeah. So see see how much credit card debt increases over the next three months. You're probably right about that. <laughs> I think about it. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's it it starts earlier every year. I mean, you go around, go to stores around here. They've already got Christmas decorations up, and pricing will. You know, I think sales will begin quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of drives me nuts, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, because it takes away from, like, growing up, holiday shopping was like you waited, and there was truly, there was like these two, three, four weeks where, like, everyone went and did their holiday shopping, right? And there wasn't all the online shopping, so the stores were packed. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, that sounds horrible now, but there's, like, <laughs> components to, like, that's a cool part of, like, the holidays is you know, everybody going out and doing their holiday shopping in this time period. And now, to your point, like, it starts so early, the sales start so early, and so much of it is online. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's different. Um, it's more convenient. But... It, it, it will be interesting, and Eli, I agree with you, from the standpoint of, you know, the credit card, you know, balances and so forth. I think that the last few years have been so good. Okay, I'm thinking from a from a parent's perspective... The economy's been good. Stock market's been good. The the government was throwing cash to everybody. Strong. Now all of a sudden, do you you cut back, or do you think, man, we've got to do what we did the last three years, Mm -hmm. do a little bit more, and put it on a credit card? This is anecdotal, but both from last year to this year, both my family and May Grace's family decided to go on a. You get one person to give a gift to. Yeah, yeah, that's what we've done for a while. I, I think there's a trend. This isn't something that's going to like show up necessarily this year in the numbers, but I do think there's a trend is um, with less. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a lot. A there lot is. of younger people are 
into this like living with less, less mm-hmm. stuff, less like simple simplifying their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over time, like th- that might start to show up, right? There was for years, it was just like stuff, 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 and more toys. And I know me and Haley, for example, like our kids have way too much stuff, but every year, every Christmas, every like we buy them very little actually. Like we don't get like we limit like okay each kid's gonna get three things or what you know it's not just this mass a ton of stuff and I know it's that's not just us like we have a lot of friends kind of in the same boat and so I think some thinking has shifted in terms of that is maybe buy something one or two really nice gifts and not just a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were gonna say that you know Eli was mentioning that they're just they're picking one. I thought y'all were gonna say that you're picking just picking one kid, one, picking one one kid yeah. and next year you pick another kid. <laughs> the problem your Christmas. The <laughs> problem with ours is we buy fewer gifts, but every year we have an extra kid, so we keep buying like more stuff in total. We, you know, we've even contemplated as our kids have gotten older, doing less gifts and more experience. Experience, yeah. yeah that's take a, take a trip. Do you mm-hmm. know? Take what we would spend on Christmas and say, hey, let's all go do something so mm-hmm. and I'm I in a different a position well and I think there's a ton of like that and like limiting the net like quality you know over quantity experiences over just stuff there's a lot of like good in that mm-hmm. and there's an term. undercurrent of that yeah and it I takes so. it takes time and you know it's not gonna change everything overnight but um anyways I have no idea what we were trying to what point we we're trying to make there. Christmas <laughs> shopping Christmas shopping yeah I think it'll be down. We'll look at it January when all the numbers come out. Um, I think it'll be down. I actually, I, I believe in the American consumer making the smart decision. Absolutely. Y'all think everybody's going to just swipe the plastic and I, spend? I, I think 100%. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> you're will. Pro- you're going to be right. I just, let's just, let's take the seasons in the order in which they come. You know, a, a week ago, Susan was, we were watching a football game and Susan's like, I'm ready to put up fall decorations. I was like, can we get to October before that happens? I've had pumpkins in my house <laughs> since, since July. Since July. We have pumpkins. It was on 115 our front porch. degrees outside. Yeah. And I had pumpkins yeah. in my house. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, appreciate you guys listening. Good conversation. Uh, as always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one's from Albert Einstein. Um, Strive not to be a success, but rather to be of value. That one's a good one. And want to quick throw out a quick. Um, kind of mention be sure to check out david's new book mission per mission focus purpose driven i mean get it on amazon great book just kind of tell his story about how he started the firm the roots of the firm where we're going some goals and then some backstory to Mm -hmm. david's life Um, be be sure to check out the podcast we'd love a like or subscribe to the podcast and then we send out a weekly data brief every thursday or friday that usually goes out to 60 second bit on just something that's kind of top of mind in the market, Mm -hmm. maybe a stock topic, whatever. So be sure to check all that out. Follow us, like us and subscribe. We would appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great week. that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. 
Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.